Okay, Bruchim Abom, welcome everyone. Parshas Vayeshev, last year before Hanukkah, the Shurim of Unsafe Abracious are graciously sponsored by Dr. Zakam, Umashpachta, Lilay Nishmas, Rav Shloyma, Eliezer Ben Harav Yaakov, and Lilay Nishmas, Rivka Bas Tilbi Halevi, the Nisham Shab and Aliyah, Yimalitsa Yisharim for their whole family, for Simcha Sanachas Abi Yaskoel Sadak. Tonight's Shur is generously sponsored by Aryeh. Lan Kalevik has Rafur Shalema for Ephraim Ben Miriam. He should have Rafur Shalema, Bakar of Mamish, Besar Shachal Yisrael. And tonight she is also sponsored by the Bibi family for Rafur Shalema for Adel Bat Victoria. She has Rafur Shalema, Besar Shachal Yisrael. Okay, Harshas Vayeshev. We're going to begin with the opening Mishnah Mesech the Brachais. The uh, Mishnah says, Me'emosai Korne Shema Be'arvin. Why do, uh, from when do we begin to say Shema in the evening? By the way, you know, there's a big question for all you future Bar Mitzvah boys of why Shas begins with the Mitzvah of Krishma. Why start with Krishma? And the answer given by the Chidushe Harim, by the Toysvis Yishonim, and by Rav Tzalek HaKoyin, who actually published his Bar Mitzvah drasha, is because the very first mitzvah that a boy fulfills upon turning Bar Mitzvah is Kriyashma Shal Arvis. So therefore, Me'emo Saikon Shema Ba'arven. But what we're going to discuss tonight is who is the very first Tana mentioned in Shas? You would think that's a pretty big distinction, that's a hush of a position to be mentioned uh, ranked number first, Yeah. Who's the first Tana mentioned in Shas? It's none other than Mishosha Kaihanam Nechnasim Lechel Betshumasan Ad Soif HaAshmura HaRishayna Divrei Rebbe Lezer. It's the opinion of Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer is the first Tana mentioned in Shas. By the way, who's Rebbe Lezer? There's only... How many Tanoim in Shas are named Eliezer? Only one. There's Elazar. And Elazar ben Azariah, but Eliezer with the Yud, there's only one. He is called Rabbi Eliezer Hagadal, or Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai said about him that if you put him on one side of the scale, he outweighs everybody. So he is the first Tana mentioned in Shas. Why is he the first Tana mentioned in Shas? So this is discussed in the Sefer Nitzutzeir of Rabruvin Margolius, as it's supposed to be at his Kevar. He's buried in middle of downtown B'nai Brak. There's just a cemetery, and Reuven Margolius is, is buried over there. And he brings from the tzaddik, Reb Shem Klingberg, Hashem Yimkam Damai, uh, from a tzaddik who was killed in the Holocaust, that the reason why Reuven was the first Hannah mentioned in Shas is because the Gemara says that nobody ever beat him to the base medrash. He was always the first person in shul. So since he was the first person in shul, he has the distinction, he's the first person mentioned in shas. So from here we learn, it's very important to try to get to shul early. A person should always try to be from the asara rishonim. And even better than that, to be the first one. But if not that, at least from the asara rishonim. Nobody ever beat Rebbe Lezer to Shul, and therefore he's the first men- person mentioned in Shas, says Rav Shem Klingberg. However, says Rav Ruben Margolius, Hashem gave me some room to be Mechadesh the following Chiddush. 
Who's the last Tana mentioned in Shas? So we know if you make a Siyam on Mishnayis, the last name found is Amr Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Asad HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Lahanchel L'chotzadik B'tzadik Shayir Lamais. However, that's not a Mishnah, because Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi was an Amoira. It was appendage Don. So who's the last person mentioned? Say Beishamai. Beishamai is not a person. It's Yeshiva. Beishilo. Beishilo is not a person. Chachomim. Chachomim is not a person. The last Tana mentioned in Shas is also Rabbi Lazar. Why? Because Rabbi Lazar said, nobody ever left after me. I was always the last one out. So since he was always the first one in, he's the first uh, Tana mentioned in Shas. He's the last one out. He's the last Tana mentioned in Shas. We are going to explore tonight another reason why Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah is Zoycha to be the first Tana mentioned in Shas. How you could be in two places at the same time, I don't know. But that's, that's pretty cool. You're on the screen and you're here. Amazing. <laughs> That's something I would like to figure out how to do. So, <laughs> so why is Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah, Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus, the first Tana mentioned in Shas? By the way, does anybody know, what is the first recorded Torah Shabbat Peh? Mishnah? Brisa? What's the first record of the written oral law. Some people would say, well, the Gemara and Shabbos says, Megillah's Tainus. It was in the time of, it was written by Hananiah ben Chizkiah in the time of Beishamah and Beis Hillel. But it's brought that the first recorded Tar Shabal Peh is Pirkei de Rebbe Lezer. You ever hear Pirkei de Rebbe Lezer? It's a, it's a medrash. Pirkei de Rebbe Lezer is the first recorded Tar Shabal Peh. Who wrote Pirkei de Rebbe Lezer? Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. Pirkei Reb Lezer begins that until age 28, Reb Lezer ben Horkinus was an Amaaretz. And that at age 28, he decided he's going to apply himself to learning and he started to cry that he didn't understand the learning. And Reb Lezer ben Horkinus is the first, he wrote Pirkei Reb Lezer, Pirkei Reb Lezer is the first record of the Torah Shabbat Peh. So it's very interesting. The first Tana mentioned in Shas, Reb Lezer ben Horkinus. The first recorded Torah Shabbat Peh, Pirkei Reb Lezer. What else do we know about, about Rabbi Lezer ben Harkinus? What praise did Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai say about him? He said, he's a bar, sud, a limed pit, she'enoi ma'abed tipa, that doesn't lose a drop. You know, some people, you tell them something, it didn't even remain in any receptacle. It went in one ear right out the other. You know the story, the rabbi once went hunting with his congregants because the congregants said, you know, we can't relate to you, rabbi. So the rabbi said, okay, what would you like to do? Let's go out on an outing. He says, let's go hunting. So they're out in the fire, they have their gun pointed, and all of a sudden, bam, they see a deer, and they shoot the deer, and the question is, who shot the deer, the congregant or the rabbi? So the rabbi said, it was definitely me. Why? Because the bullet went in one ear and right out the other. So, you like that one. So, so Rabbi Lezim and Horkinus, on the other hand, was Bar Sud She'ena Ma'abatiba. He was a limed pit that didn't lose a drop. Interesting. Another Gemara about Rabbi Lezim and Horkinus. Now, Rabbi Lezim and Horkinus spent most of his life in Cherem because he argued on the Chachamim. So they put him in Cherem and they didn't, they didn't go into his Dalai Ramos. 
And when Rebbe Ben Horkinus was sick in his final illness, Rabbi Kiva and his friends went to visit him. Rebbe Ben Horkinus was lying in his canopy bed, and Rabbi Kiva was in the antechamber, in the outer room. So Horkinus went in to remove Rebbe Ben Horkinus's tefillin. Why? Because it was coming to Shabbos. On Shabbos, you're not really supposed to wear tefillin lest you come to carry them. So Horkinus comes to his father, starts unwrapping his tefillin, Rabbi Lazar says, what are you doing? Why are you taking off my tefillin? He starts yelling at his son. So Horkinus says, Rabbi Akiva, I think my father is not doing well. He's losing it. He's ebbing away. He, he, he's lost it. You, got, you, chachamim, you have to leave now. So Rabbi Lazar says, I lost it, kid. You lost it. And, you know, and your mother lost it also. He said, why? You're worried about me taking off my tefillin. Why didn't you cook for Shabbos? Now, you might accidentally cook on Shabbos. Why don't you take care of the house for Shabbos? I'm not the crazy one here, Elazar says. Rabbi Lazar says. He says to the kid, you're out of your mind, and so is your wife, your mother. So he says back to Chav, no, 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 Dad, my father's okay. He's all right. He, he, he's working on all cylinders. So they come in to visit Rabbi Eliezer, and they sit four amos away. So Rabbi Lazar says, why'd you come? So they said, we came to learn Torah. He says, where have you been? Why didn't you come until now? So they said, they were kind. They could have said, because you're in Kherim, we're not, we're not allowed to talk to you. But they didn't say that. They said, uh, we didn't have the time. Rabbi Akiva says, I would be surprised if you rabbis die a natural death. Why? Why, why is he giving them this you know, foreboding, uh, ominous report? And Rabbi Akiva said, and what about me? And Rabbi Akiva said, I, so Rabbi Lezbun Hagan said, you're going to have the worst of them all. What's going on over here? Why is Rebbe Lezer asking them, why didn't you come to learn from me? What teaching was he referring to? Why did he tell them they're going to die young? So that's another thing we find about Rebbe Lezer and Harkinus. Let's take a look in the Gemara Navoy Dezara. The Gemara Navoy Dezara says, Rebbe Lezer and Harkinus was captured and put into jail because he was accused of heresy. What kind of heresy? The Romans said that his belief in the Talmud was heretical. So they tried Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. Why did Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus suffer the fate that he was accused of heresy? The judge says to Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus, why would a wise man like you be involved in such nonsense, like studying the Talmud? So Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus said, I trust the judge. What he meant was, I trust God. But the judge took it as a compliment that Rebbe Lezer Horkinus said, I trust you, whatever you're going to judge me, I trust you. So he said, thanks for the compliment, you're off the hook. So, so far, Rebbe Lezer Horkinus is the first Tana mentioned in Shas. He's the last Tana mentioned in Shas. He wrote the first Tarsh about Peh. He's a lime pit that doesn't forget a drop. He tells Rabbi Akiva, why didn't you come to learn from me earlier? He tells Rabbi Akiva and his comrades that they're going to die young. He's accused of heresy. He's acquitted. Another Gemara bracha is Chav Chesamid The Gemara says that when Rabbi Lezer became ill, his students came to visit him. The students said, Rabbi, teach us the path of life. So we could be Zaycha Ta'ilam Haba. He said, be careful for the honor of your friends. Why did he pick that? Next Gemara, Gemara Nadaram. Anybody know? For the Hoover vacuum cleaner. 
What is the name of Rabbi Lezim and Horkinus' wife? Ima Shalim. They asked Ima Shalim, Why are your children so beautiful and handsome? So she said, Because my husband doesn't talk to me, not in the beginning of the night and not in the end of the night, only at midnight, which means my husband doesn't live with me He doesn't fulfill marital responsibility, not in the beginning of the night, not in the end of the night. And when he does, he does it extremely modestly. And he's as if he's being forced into it. And I asked him, why? Why only at this time? And he said, I don't want to think about any other woman. Because in the beginning of the night, other women are on the street. At the end of the night, other women are on the street. But in the middle of the night, my thoughts will be absolutely pure. And the, the... the success of a child is dependent on the purity of thought of the father and mother at the time of relations. And therefore, we find that of all the people in history, the one who had the purest intentions in marital responsibility was Rabbi Elizabeth Horkiness. Now here's the best one. Says the Medrash, which man in history has exhibited the greatest self-control in matters of sanctity. So you think it's Yosef HaTzadik. The matter says Yosef HaTzadik was nothing compared to Reb Tzadik. Reb Tzadik was captured. The matron of the jail sent a beautiful shivcha into his cell. He caught one glimpse of her and he fixated his eyes on the wall because he wouldn't even look at her. The whole night she's trying to persuade him, trying to persuade him. He doesn't budge, he doesn't move, he doesn't look. So the shivcha goes back to the maid, to the mistress and says, this is like death. You put me in the cell and I'm a failure over here. So the, the mistress says to um, Reb Tzadik, well, you know, why don't you do what a normal person would do? He said, what do you want from me? I come from Kahanim Gedolim. I come from a great family. I don't want to create mamzerim. And... Uh, When the mistress heard about this, he said, you're free. I can't deal with you. I'm letting you free. Says the Gemara, you think Reb Tzadik was something? He doesn't hold a candle to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva once went to Ochilu. Excuse me. He once went to a certain land and they tattled on him. So they put him in jail. And into the jail they sent Shtei Nashim Yafais, two beautiful women. And they bathed them, and they adorned them, and they, and they anointed them. And the whole night, the two of them, the Lashon of the Medrashiz, were all over Rabbi Akiva. And I'm saying it discreetly. And each one said, Rabbi Akiva did not budge and he turned to the right and he spit and he turned to the left and he spit and he didn't do anything the whole night. So in the morning, the guard said, why don't you do what regular human beings do? He said, what could I tell you? Hashem doesn't allow me. Says the matters, you think Rabbi Akiva something? The greatest self-control in history was Rabbi Lezer Hagado, Rabbi Lezer ben Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus had a niece. And the Radal explains this niece 
was, uh, it was a bad neighborhood and she was in danger of being abused. So literally he had protector and she stayed in his mita from the time she was young until she turned 13 years old. And he didn't touch her for 13 years old. And then when she turned 13, she says to him, I want to marry you. And he says, I'm an old man, what do you want from me? He said, no, I will only marry you. And he asked his, her mother, and she consented, and Rebbe Elizabeth Horkinus married her, and says the Medrash, the greatest act in, of self-control in history was not Yosef, was not Rebbe Tzadok, was not Rebbe Akiva, was Rebbe Lezer Ben Horkinus. So you're getting a full biography on Rebbe Lezer Ben Horkinus tonight. <laughs> That's pretty good, but it doesn't compare to Rebbe Lezer ben Horkines. Okay? Now, <coughs> the Gemara continues. There's a Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos says that we know that in Parshas Vayishlach, it says, Vayelech Ruvain, Vayishgav Esbila Pilegesh Aviv, Vayishma Yisrael, it says that Ruvain went and he lay with Bila, the concubine of his father. So literally, the Pasuk means that Ruvain lived with Bila. However, the Gemara says in Masech Shabbos, Amr of Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Amr anyone who says Ruvain sinned is making a mistake because it says the sons of Yaakov were 12, which implies that they're all equal, they're all great. So what do I do with the Pasuk that Bila that Ruvain lived with Bila. What it means is, Ruvain took the bed. After Rachel Imenu died, Yaakov took the bed that was fixed in Rachel's tent, and he moved it into Bila's tent. And Ruvain said, it's bad enough, Rachel, my mother's sister, is her co-wife, but now Bila, my mother's sister's concubine, is going to be my mother's co-wife. So Ruvain took the, the, the bed that was in Bila's tent, and he put it in his mother Leah's tent. And because he meddled and he, he messed around, because he got involved in his fa- father's personal matters, Chazal consider it like he lived with Bila. And that's what we're accustomed to thinking and learning, that Ruvain never sinned. Anyone who says Ruvain sinned, Eino Elotoya. And the Gemara brings other opinions that Ruvain never sinned. Rav Shimon Al-Lazar. Rav Shimon Al-Lazar says, that on Har Grizim, who stood on Har Grizim? You had six Shvatim on Har Grizim. And who stood on Har Eval? Ruvain and another five Shvatim. And on Har Eval, Rivan Sham had the Levim say, Arur Shoichevimeshesavivwo, cursed the son who lives with his father's wife. And Ruvain was there, and he, he answered Amen. So you think he lived with his father's wife? He's the one who said, Arashur Shoichevimeshesaviv. So if Shimon Alazar says, Ruvain never sinned. However, the Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, Ketanoi. It's really a machlekes tanoim. Pachaz kamayim altoisar. Rabbi Lezer Oimer, Pisiza chavsa zilsa. Rabbi Lezer ben Horkina says, Ruvain lived with Bila. Straight up. So whatever they told you in yeshiva, that's not like Reb Lezer ben Horkinus. Reb Lezer ben Horkinus says he degraded himself, he was liable, and he 
lowered himself. Meaning, Rebbe Lezben Horkinus says, Ruvain sinned with Bila. That you never heard before. That's a big chiddush. Ruvain sinned with Bila. Ruvain sinned with Bila? Why of all people would Rebbe Lezben Horkinus say, Ruvain sinned with Bila? Nobody else says that. Yeah, but you still can't live with your father's wife at any time. So according to Rebbe Lezben Horkinus, Ruvain lived with Bila. That's very unusual. Why would Rebbe Lezben Horkinus say this? So let's begin our journey this evening with the amazing comments of the Zayar HaKadosh. That was just the intro. That was the intro. <laughs> so we have we know a few things about Rebbe Lezben Horkinus. He's the first Tana mentioned in Shas. He's the last Tana mentioned in Shas. He wrote the very first Tarah Shabbal Peh. He was a lime pit that didn't forget anything. He told Rabbi Akiva and his friends are going to die young. He was accused of heresy and he was acquitted. He told his students to be Zahir Bekavod Chaverov. His wife's children, his children were beautiful and handsome. He only lived with his wife in, at midnight. He exhibited the greatest self-control in the history of the world. He married his niece. He holds that Ruvain sinned with Villa. Those are 11 important facts you need to know from Shas about Rebbe Lezben Harkin. Comes Arizal, and we'll begin with the comments of Rabbeinu B'chayi. Rabbeinu B'chayi says on the closing pasuk of Parshas Vayigash, V'yatem alu l'shaloim el avichem. Very good, Azrael. Yosef told the brothers, and you go up in peace to your father. Says Rabbi Bechayi, this teaches us that the ten sons of Yaakov who sold Yosef became a Gilgal. They reincarnated. Who did they reincarnate as? The Asara Haruge Machos, the ten martyrs. That's a very well-known idea. The Zayar writes this explicitly in Eicha, that the ten brothers came back to this world under the auspices of the Nachash, meaning they had to die again, except for Ruvain. Ruvain is the only brother that when he came back, he didn't have to die again. Why? Because he said, don't kill Yosef, throw him in the bar. So who did he come back as? <laughs> Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. Ruvain came back as Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. You're just going to sit there and say, shake your head? First thing is, you need to jump up and your head should hit the ceiling. Ruvain came back as Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus. Rebbe Lezer Hagadol. Who did everybody else come back as? So the Ari in the Sef, Sefer HaGogulim brings that the Asar HaRugei Malchus, we know are the ten Shvatim. So you need to know who's who. So says Reb Chaim Vital, I have a tradition that Ruvain who said, throw him into a bar, and he did not want to agree with them to kill him. Therefore, he was Neskagas, Reb Lezer Agadol. Reb Lezer Agadol is the only one who wasn't killed. He was just accused of heresy. And he was in a jail, like in a bar. But he was not killed like the others. Why a bar? Because since they threw Yosef into a pit, what did it have in the pit? Snakes. And heresy is like a snake. Therefore, Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus was accused of heresy. Ah. Take a look at number 16. 
Moshabenu Davind, Yechi Ruven, Ruven should live. Umoisa Tinyan Olayamos, he shouldn't die twice. Huh? Did you know that? Moshe prayed that Ruven shouldn't die twice. But nobody dies twice. Why would Moshe pray that Ruven shouldn't die twice? You could only die once. No. If you come back as a Gilgal to rectify something for your first time around, so that sorry Haruge Machos, they died twice. But Moshe Rabbeinu David, Ruvain shouldn't die twice because he wasn't in on Mechiras Yosef. That's why the Targum learns that, Mo- that Moshe David, Ruvain should not die twice. Now, very interesting. <clears throat> Says that Rav Chaim Vital, I forgot to tell you why Ruvain is called Reb Lezer Hagadol. Why Hagadol? Oh, because maybe there was another Rebbe Eliezer. There's only one Rebbe Eliezer in the whole Shas. So why is he called Rebbe Eliezer Haggadah? Because he's Reuven, and Reuven's the oldest brother. So we give him the title Gadah. That's why he's called Haggadah. Yosef is Yishma ben Elisha. Now there are different ways, who, different approaches who Yosef is. Yehuda is Reb Shem ben Gamliel. Now you want to hear this Chiddush? Do you remember? Yehuda didn't want after after Tamar lived with Aaron Oinon and she killed both of them, right? They both died. So Yehuda said, "Okay, I'll wait around until Shela is available." But Rashi says he did, she, that Yehuda didn't want Tamar to marry Shela. Why? Because she's a Katlanus. She's a Katlanus. Now that's interesting. Because there's machlekes, my friend Rav Nassim Alder pointed out, there's machlekes in Yavamas, Samach Dalev. How many times, how many times do we give a woman the shot to kill a, her husband? According to Rebbe, two times she's a katlanis. According to Rav Shem Gamliel, three times. Darizal says, Yehuda was in the Skalgal as Rav Shem Ben Gamliel. So I want to say, why? How, why does Rav Shem Gamliel say three times? Because Yehuda ended up marrying Tamar. And Yehuda saw she didn't kill him. So Shem Gamliel says, I know from personal experience, it takes three times to knock somebody off. <laughs> That's just uh, added chiddush based on the Arizal. But, says the Ari, Ruvain was Nisgalgel as Rabbi Lezer ben Horkis. By the way, who is Naftali? Chutzpes Hamatorgaman. That's why Naftali is Hanoisin Imre Shefer. Who is the Vulan? Zavulan is Rabbi Huda ben Baba. So I saw in the Sefer, Leib Aryeh, of Rabbi Huda Aryeh, Leib Hashki. When Ruvain is born, Vatahar Leah, Vateled Bain, Vatikro Shemai Ruvain, Ki Amra, Ki Ra'a, Ra'a, Rashi Tevais, Rabbi Elazar Haggadah. Rabbi Elazar Haggadah. Ki Ra'a, Rashi Tevais. And then, in the Seder Hadoirois, of Rabbi Chil Halperin. He brings that the Gematria, when Yaakov Avinu says, Ruvain, Koichi Vereshis Oini, Koichi Vereshis Oini is Gematria, Ze Eliezer Ben Horkines. So the Radal points out, Rabbi David Lurio is one of the greatest Goinim in Divrei Agadata. He points out, Yaakov says that Ruvain is Koichi, Koyach! 
So Rebbelez ben Horkinus didn't start learning until the age of Koyach, age 28. Ruvain was Koyichi Vereshesen. Ah, so ready for this? Brace yourself. Comes the Sefer Oyale Shem of Rab Shem Klingberg. He's one of the great Balei Remes who's murdered in the Holocaust. He says that why was Rebbelez ben Horkinus given the distinction of being the first Hannah mentioned in Shas? He says... Since he's the Gilgal of Ruvain, and Ruvain had the Bukhar taken away from him, but through Rebbe Lesbian Horkinus, Ruvain was rectified. So because he was rectified, the Loi Mishpat HaBechoira, he's given the share of the firstborn, he's the first Tana mentioned in Shas. If I can add humbly, the Bukhara gets double portion. Therefore, he's the first Tana mentioned in Shas, and he's the last time I mentioned this. Class. He gets a Pishnayim. I found in the writings of Rapinchas Friedman. Now, I figured this was, must be up his alley. No, nothing in the Shvi Rapinchas. However, he wrote three books on the Primagadim. In the Hakdama Techele Gimel of the Primagadim, he writes, Who redacted the Mishnah? Rebbe. Rebbe is the Gilgal of Yaakov Avinu, we know. Hanasi, Rebbe Hanasi. Hanasi stands for Nitzutz Shel Yaakov Avinu. Who took away the Bechaira from Ruvain? Yaakov. So now, because Ruvain rectified himself, Rebbe, Yaakov, comes back, and he says, all right, Ruvain, you can have it back. You're going to be the first time to mention the Shas. So Yaakov took away the birthright from Ruvain. Rabbi Yudah Anasi, Gogol of Yaakov, he gives it back to him by giving him the distinction to be the first Tana mentioned in Shas. Now we come to this incredible approach from the Radal. The Radal is Rabbi David Loria, who wrote a commentary on the Pirkei de Rebelezer, and he wrote an introduction to Pirkei de Rebelezer it's called Kuntris Shem Ha'echad Eliezer. And he gathers every single Mamar Chazal in Shas, in Medrish, in Mechilta, a Revelezman Azaria, and a Revelezman Horkinus, and he weaves it all together, quoting probably more than a thousand different Mamari Chazal, explaining many of them that it fits in with this idea that Revelezman Horkinus was the Gilgal of Ruvain. He says, listen to this. He says, that the reason why Reb Lezeben Horkinus is called Gadol, again because he is the Gilgal of Ruvain. Now, he did not sin with Mechiras Yosef, so therefore his punishment was he was not killed, but he was, he was Nitpas Laminos. Now, Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus personally holds that, that Ruvain sinned with Billah. Right, remember? He's the only one who holds that Ruvain sinned with Billah. Therefore, if Ruvain had this infraction, Pegam and Arayos, Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus was masakin any Indian of Arayos. So of all the Tanoim found throughout Shas, his act of self-discipline supersedes and transcends anyone's act in history 
to rectify the sin of Ruvain, which according to Blazer ben Horkinus, Ruvain sinned with Villa. Furthermore, says the Radal, that is why the Gemara tells us in Nidorim that he only lived with his wife at Chatzois when his thoughts would be completely pure and he acted as if he was coerced and he did it with great Kedusha. And then, listen to what he says. You know, the Masech Danida talks about that a husband, his machshavais, when he fulfills marital responsibility, can, should only be about his wife without thinking of any other isha. If he thinks about any other isha, it's called, it has a negative effect on the child. It could be b'nei temura, which means if the husband, or if the husband thinks it's one person and it turns out to be someone else, even if it turns out to be someone he's mutter to, that could have a negative impact on the child. But Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus was so careful that he only lived with his wife at midnight so that his thoughts would be completely pure. Why? Because Ruvain himself, when Yaakov lived with Leah, he thought it was Rachel. So Ruvain, Chazal identify, had a little bit of a pagam of B'nai Temura. Yaakov thought it was Rachel, turned out to be Leah, so his kavana was not necessarily. So the Mefarshim answer, he knew Lavan maybe could have been up to it, so he had in mind whoever it happened to be, but still there was some degree of imperfection in the conception of Ruvain, and therefore to rectify that, Revelez of Nazaria was so medactic in this area. Now, let's think about the following Ruvain was on top of the world. He's the Bukhar. Until he lost it. And Yaakov said, Koichi, Vereshis Oini, Yasser Saiz, because you lost it. So Ruvain started off good, and then it didn't end up great for him. So Rebelezer ben Horkinus, he starts off for the first 28 years, he's an Amaaras. Because he's already have the, he already, the first part of his life is already covered with Ruvain. He has to come in for the clothes. He has to come in, you know, for the save. So he comes in, and the end of his life is good to rectify the end of the life of Reuven. <clears throat> now, Reuven didn't have such a great end. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu had a daven for him. Yechi Reuven v'al yamais. So too, Rebbe Lezben Horkinus, he was basically in Cherem until he died. Also as a rectification for the life of Reuven. Now the Koyach of Ruvain is which Koyach? Which sense is Ruvain very strong in? When Ruvain was born, what did Leah say? Kira Elohim Ani, God saw. The Koyach of Ruvain is Re'iyah. So when Rabbi Yochem ben Zakkai said, go out and see what is the right derech that you should choose, what does Rabbi Elizabeth ben Horkinus say? Ayin Toiva, good eye. Why? He's Ruvain. Ruvain's the eye man. He's the man of vision. He's the vision guy. Vision tzaddik. They don't like when I say, I can't say guy. Right. The vision tzaddik. Okay. That is why, do you remember in Baba Basra, I endowed Ahmed Bez, was going on a boat, and he saw from a distance the eye of the Levyasan. Why is he, why does he have such good vision? Why is he seeing the eye of the Levyasan? <laughs> 
the eye of the Leviathan. By the way, Rebbe Lezer ben Horkin is also, when does he say Zaman Kriya Shema is? Everybody else says when you can tell the difference between blue wool and white wool, Rebbe Lezer ben Horkin says, no, the difference between blue wool and green, because you have to have much better vision to tell the difference between blue and green. He's the man of vision. And therefore, when he makes his comeback, he's called Rebbe Lezer Hagadol. So therefore, it's interesting, the Imre Nayam of Jacob, he brings that when Lezer ben Horkinus died, it says about Rabbi Akiva, Zolgu Einav Demais, his eyes were streaming with tears, because he was, he was worried, he was concerned, maybe Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus did not correctly and fully rectify the Kayach of Re'iyah of Ruvain, so therefore when Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus died, the eyes of Rabbi Akiva were pouring tears. Comes the Bnei Yisachar. Now the Bnei Yisachar wrote a Sefer on Shas called Dvarim Nechmadim. And he says, at the end of the life of Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus, you know there's an idea, Tzadik on his last day, he reaches the highest levels. He could even have the level of, who remembers? What kind of Neshama? There are five levels of Neshama. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya. Possibly. And Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus sees Rabbi Akiva. And he knows well who Rabbi Akiva is. Rabbi Akiva, the, Ari, the Rabbi Chaim Vital said he is Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha. According to many, he was Shimon. Megal says he was Shimon. And he sees all the Talmidim, the Asar Haruge Malchus. And he says, it's impossible that you're going to die a natural death. Rebbe Lezer ben Horkinus recognizes that they were the ones who sold the Yosef. He knows he, he sort of saved himself by just recommending that Yosef be thrown into the pit. But he knew that they would face the punishment of the Sarah So he said, I would be shocked if you die a natural death. He said, why do you come? They said, we came to learn Torah. He said, you should have come earlier. What did he mean? How much earlier? He meant, when I told you guys I want to throw him into the pit, the Torah says, Laman The Torah reveals that the motivation of Reuven is, let's throw him into the pit to save him. That was the Torah of Reuven. Reuven's Torah was, let's throw him into the pit to save his life. So says Rebbe Lezanorganist, you should have come to learn my Torah earlier. Meaning, 2,000 years earlier when I told you, don't kill him, don't sell him. Throw him in the pit and then we'll take him out. That was the Torah that Lesman Horkinus was referring to. Okay. Now, says Gemara and Saita, what was wrong with selling Yosef? It ended up being and working out. They sold him and he became uh, the king of the world. It was a good deal. You know, he spent some time in the jail. But look, at the end of the day, he took over the jail. And he's uh, the highest position in the world. The power didn't know what was flying in the land of Egypt. Yosef took care of everything. So what did... No, but they sold him to Egypt. So what? He, it's not like he sinned in Egypt. Is there anything that Yosef... Any semblance of sin that Yosef did? When... Eshes Poitifera tempted him and seduced him. 
But Chazal say that was a tremendous temptation. He didn't give in. But Chazal say that he, it was such a temptation that 10 tipois of zera were emitted from under his fingernails. Whatever that means. That's what the Gemara Saita says. He's definitely tempted, but Chazal identify that to some extent, yeah, to some extent, these ten team, by the way, Chazal reveal, had he not done that, he would have had twelve shvatim. Instead, he only had two. Ten of them were lost because he emitted these ten tipim. I saw this morning, Taroif, Taraf, is Gematria Esar Tipim. These ten, ten children he would have had were lost. So who caused that? The brothers. By selling him. But Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus, he's bar sid she'enoi ma'abi tipa. He's a lime pit. He didn't cause even one tipa to be lost. That's the secret of the Mishnah Pekei Bar sid she'enoi ma'abi tipa. So says the Radal, when Rabbi Akiva, sorry if this year is not for a general audience, but it says Radal, when Rabbi Akiva came to Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus, and he said, Rabbi, what path should we take to get Oilam Haba? So the Radal says, Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus says, be careful in the honor of your friends. So says Radal, because Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus was able to see in the future that Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim were going to die. So he said, you guys got to be careful with that Indian. He saw what would happen to the 24,000 Talmidim. So I saw in the Sefer Oyo Moshe, Ramosha Scheinerman, who in his Sefer he brings a lot of these Maramakaimais. He mentions that according to this idea of the Radal, that Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus was none other than Ruvain, <coughs> What Rabbi Lezer ben Horkinus was telling Rabbi Akiva and his friends were, you guys got to be careful because you weren't careful on this the first time around when you sold Yosef. You were not Zohar in the covet of your friends, meaning in the covet of Yosef HaTzadik. It comes out really remarkable. The Medrash points out in the Yalkut Ruveni that the numerical value of the ten Shvatim who sold Yosef are exactly the numerical value of the Asara, the names of the Asara Haruge Machos. So that uh, gives us some insight into uh, a lot of the different phenomenon that we see about Rebbe Lezben Horkinus. He's the first Tana mentioned in Shas because Rebbe Lezben Horkinus was the Tikkun of Reuven who lost the Bechaira, but he got it back, so he was given the distinction he's called Gadal. He's the first Tanan Shas. He gets a double portion. He's the last Tanan Shas. He was not responsible for Mechiras Yosef. He's the Bar Sid She'ena Ma'abe Tipa. Bnei Saskar says he was able to recognize what the fate would be of the Asana Harugei Malchus. He was telling them, you should have learned my Torah. My Torah is the Torah. Let's save Yosef. Let's not kill him. He was taken into Minos as a snake, like a snake, because he threw. he had Yosef thrown into the pit. He told... The Talmidim to be Zohar in Kavod Chaverechem as a Tikkun from the Chiras Yosef. His children were exceptionally handsome because he was the most 
He had the most discipline of any Tana in history in matters of Kedusha because his personal shita was Ruvain sinned with Bila. Now, here's the clincher. Why would Rebelezim and Horkinus say that Ruvain sinned with Bila? Because that's him. And we know that when somebody tries to cover up sin, it's not good. Someone who covers up their sin won't be successful. But Moideh, one who acknowledges sin, Yerucham will be, um, Hashem will have compassion. So Rav Lezanorka is being Ruvain, he's acknowledging, he's indicting himself as a manner of tshuva, of recognizing that in fact there was an element of sin in what he did, and in order to rectify that, he was very careful in, in, in Yanei Kedusha. So this is just a little bit of a flavor for some of the behind-the-scenes secrets of Sisrei uh, Taira according to our low level. So HaKadosh Baruch should be Meir Einenu to understand and to appreciate the depth of all the various details of the narratives of the Chumash and all the all the halachas of the Torah, and we should be zaycha to deeper understandings of Torah Seinu HaKadoshah. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you very much. Yes. Did you mention that? Is that right for this?